Welcome to the Beautiful Souls Podcast with your host, myself, Danielle Cadwell. I'm an Olympian author, speaker, and coach, and I'm here to dive deeper into all things mindset, manifestation, mission, and yes, some meditation. In 2013, I was an unfit, concussed, and massively self-conscious synchronized swimmer when an opportunity arrived that was well beyond my wildest dreams to begin training for the next Olympic Games. I was terrified. However, I decided to take the biggest leap of my life. I went all in, moving from Canada to Australia and dedicating my life to my sport. On this journey, I made a vow to myself. If I could do it, if I could really make my wildest dreams come true, I would spend the rest of my life sharing what I had learned to help others do the same. So beautiful souls, this podcast is where I fulfill my promise. We'll talk about everything from the energetics of manifestation and the power of self-worth to mindset cultivation and how to step up and into your soul mission. You can think of this time together as kind of like a soul spa, where together we will wash away your fears, massage you with some truth and some love, and spruce you up on the insides with some spirituality. So, are you ready to be rejuvenated from the inside out? Let's dive in. Hello, sexy sunshine souls. My goodness, you got a treat for yourselves today. Me and Victoria had the most juicy, fun, powerful, potent conversation that you guys are just going to love. Miss Sensei Victoria Whitfield is the world's first business Reiki master and hostess of the five-star rated Journeypreneur podcast on iTunes. And Sensei Victoria Whitfield helps empathic entrepreneurs and leaders stay grounded and clear as they navigate the emotional roller coaster of business development by using the power of strategic meditation. Sensei Whitfield is a published author, a successful six-figure energy healer, and has toured the world showing her heart-centered and growth-minded leaders how to get connected with their natural intuition and be truly a visionary so they can work less and increase their impact. This was the most fun conversation where we talked about incredible divine synchronicities that she's had in her life and signs where she literally was ready to take the next step all the way diving into how to protect our energy and step into our power as empathic beings in this time in the world. So my friends, sit back, get a nice warm drink, relax, and have a beautiful listen of this incredible podcast with Victoria. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to the Beautiful Souls podcast. I'm really excited to have you all here today because I have an incredible guest, Sensei Victoria Whitfield, who is joining us Actually, I don't even know where you're joining us from. I believe it's New Jersey. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. And we've been connected through the beautiful universe and called to really speak to her today about her journey through her life that has led her to be kind of this um, igniter of visionaries. Um, And you are a Reiki master, as you guys have heard in the intro, and really a deep, powerful leader, but also connected, obviously, very spiritually and energetically. And I would love to hear, so let's just dive straight in, like, what led you to this space where you are today, Victoria? Oh my gosh, Danielle. Like, Big question. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I'm a firm believer that um, we're called to be healers because we get hurt and how we deal with being hurt um, causes us to really awaken to the healer within. 
I'm a firm believer that um, everyone has the ability to master their energy, like that we all have that potential um, capacity within us. It's just that there's certain situations that could kind of squeeze it out. You know, the saying goes, um, you know, what do you get? when you squeeze an orange, it's orange juice. And so that squeeze, that um, that moment, the compression point of the universe when it comes into our lives really can activate um, parts of our gifts that may have been laying in wait uh, mm. for a certain critical moment. And for me personally, I, I always tell the story of my window of opportunity. I kept um, missing a window of opportunity to ask for help and to receive like love, support, receive compliments. I kept missing windows of opportunity that would keep coming around. Um, and one day in my life in particular, <laughs> this window was coming for me. It's like, I'm not going to miss this window. Like the window's going to get me. And so it's, um, and it's a little bit graphic. So like for those of you who are a little squeamish, like I'll try not to make it too painful to hear, but um, okay. long story short, I was at the time working in nonprofit at a center for spiritual development and interfaith understanding as well as social justice, really awesome nonprofit interweave by the way, um, in Summit, New Jersey, which I love. And I have a personality type that is high follow through and high commitment. So when people entrust me with projects or positions, I tend to take ownership of it. And I have a can-do attitude. I was raised to have a can-do attitude. I was raised on think and grow rich, like anything the mind can believe it can achieve, right? That type of power of positive thinking, having a can-do attitude um, is really important especially in my family where I come from because um, my father raised himself up out of abject poverty as a black man. Um, and my mother overcame the loss of both her parents at a young age as a white woman. So I'm half black, half white, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for them, they really raised me to have a can-do attitude. And so in this position, um, I was the center coordinator for the nonprofit and ended up being um, by myself in the space often because like I can be trusted to take really good care of whatever is entrusted to me. And, but this day in particular was a hot, wet, like humid um, Jersey summer day. And I wanted to get some fresh air. Now I had a window of opportunity to wait for the, um, wait for the founder to come back just seven minutes to help me open one of the original glass windows in this beautiful Victorian building where we worked. Missed that opportunity, didn't take it. I also had a window of opportunity to ask, um, to call up Chimmy, uh, the groundskeeper who I know and love, see all the time, talk to him all the time, say, Chimmy, can you help me open the windows here? They're kind of big, didn't take that opportunity. I even had a window of opportunity just to pivot two feet to the left and just turn the friggin' air conditioner on like what the hell but didn't take that window of opportunity I had an image in my mind of I'm opening the windows I've opened the windows before in the past no problem so jiggle the windows push them up this time the weight breaks and here's where it gets graphic wham the uh, windows slam down on my fingers only my fingers and they're wedged down to the bone um uh, 
and I'm alone in the building, like this big Victorian house. I'm alone, um, trapped in the window, like, and I'm not good with irony. Like, so the whole like window of opportunity coming back to bite you, this is like, this is officially not funny. This is like really painful. And so I, I, there's so much pain actually that I'm unable to make a sound. I can't scream because like all the blood kind of rushed away from my throat. All I can do is watch the clock there's like a little round clock up on the wall up to the right. Um, well, while I'm trying to like, trying to get myself out, can't all the way down to the bone. So I'm watching seven whole minutes pass of I'm like trapped in the window. And then finally the, uh, the founder comes back like he had just went for a walk, you know, innocently. Um, and he's like, oh my God, he's in his seventies. He has a hernia. He's like screaming and banging on the window, trying to get me out. Oh, like, oh my gosh. And as he's doing that, it's weird. Like the sounds and sensations of him banging on the window start to fade further away. And I go lucid while I'm in the window as he's doing this. And I think to myself, gosh, if I don't ever come out of this window, I won't be able to see my nephew. I love my nephew. And that's when it hit me like a bolt of lightning. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. And the mm. bolt of lightning of awareness hit me very intensely. And I've researched this since. They call it having a gamma moment where you do something that you're not supposed to do. You know, the kind of thing where you. Yeah, like, like we have a, the strength that you've never had before. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Sudden strength. And so graphic. I ripped my hands out of the window, looked down to the bone, see the white of it, and then pass out, split my glasses on the way down, hitting my face. So like, not only do I have a concussion, um, but I also, my hands like aren't, like I'm officially unable to do for myself. Can't drive, I can't see without my glasses. Like it's, wow. Uh, I remember when I was in that space of being under um, unconscious, it was quiet and dark and then suddenly the sound of lots of feet like as if I was in some sort of bus station or grand central um like train station I could hear all these voices and whispering things even though it was just me and Bob the founder mm-hmm. building and then finally um I started to hear his voice and this was my introduction to energy and stuff here we mm-hmm. go I saying take a deep breath in put your feet on the ground you're going into shock. I'm calling the ambulance. Breathe deeply and exhale. I'm doing healing touch. Put your feet on the ground. Exhale. And he just kept bringing me through different cues that are calming. While Mm -hmm. I finally came to, um, my back was on the ground. I was underneath my table and his hands were, the listeners can't see me doing this, but his hands were moving in a kind of circular fashion over my hands in this kind of weird, mysterious way. And I'm like, I wonder what that is. But the pain in my hands went away the more he was doing it. It was as if- And this was Bob, the the founder, okay. Bob, the founder, uh, the Reverend Robert Corin Morris. Um, so it's his full name, uh, but as an Episcopal priest, and he had taught meditation and practiced energy work 40 years at the time, but he was my entry of like the very first time of someone practicing what's actually called um, healing touch, which is a Western practice based off of Reiki. Um, mm. So that was the first bit of like magic I ever really experienced. And then 
as I was being wheeled into the gurney, this is the second thing that changed my life that day. Um, so, you know, they have the gurney, they're putting it into the ambulance. And I don't know, like I've watched shows before where you see somebody getting, you know, brought into an ambulance or, um, you know, I've seen people on my street if they've had like an accident or something or someone on the side of the road being put into the ambulance. I've never seen this happen, what happened to me. As I was being put into the ambulance from all over, people started running up and shouting one thing, one thing. And side note, they were talking about the one thing that I was the most afraid of at the time. I was the most afraid of going into the hospital because I didn't have health insurance here in the States. That's no boy. Yeah. yeah that's not good. And so, but oddly, and I had never told a soul about that. That was like my worst fear. But here I am being put on the gurney, put into the ambulance. And as I'm being put into the ambulance from all over, people are running up saying one thing. I like, it gives me the chills. Uh, I feel a little emotional every time I tell this. They're saying, how much money does she need? Does she need money? How much money does she need? She had better not have to pay for it. I got a hundred. Let me know where, where she's going. How much money? She had better not have to pay for that. How much money does she need? Like, I have never in my life, I don't know about you, but I have never in my life seen someone who had an accident and then people start running toward them to give money. And it's not like I was like, the person who was, let's say, you know, if we wanted to debunk this, uh, for the nonprofit, the person who like asked people to give donations or so, that wasn't my role. That was not yeah. me at all. And it was random people from like the church or for who were just nearby running. And then for the rest of the day as well, coming in and off offering to help and to support. So here's what I learned that day. One, there is something more than the human body that mm. I am living inside because when he was doing the weird hands thing aka healing touch for those of you who are more studied I could feel the difference it was as if he was pulling like clouds of inflammation out of my hands I've never uh, I had never seen that before or felt that before so there's something more to this human body that I occupy than what meets the eye and then what I've been told. So it was one. And then number two, I also learned to believe to the depths of my being that there is abundance, that mm. there is a universal bank account. Like if you're worried about your finances or when you are in trouble, help will come running, that there is more love out there, more support than you could mm. even um, as long as you are visibly open <laughs> to seeing it and receiving mm. it. So that was the day that really, um, that really changed the course of my life. I was supposed to be an, an English teacher in Turkey. That's actually what I went to Rutgers University for and got like certifications to be an English teacher and, and things and very passionate about linguistics and language and expression. Pivot because of that window experience. And I mean, other things have happened, but that was really the day that really changed it all for me. Wow. How long ago was that? My word. So that was back in, that was back in 2010. Okay. 2011, 2010, okay. 2011. 
So about 10, 11 years ago, and then everything has kind of shifted from there. You know, and I don't usually do this, but I, it's obviously like divine alignment is the crazy thing is me and Victoria were supposed to speak about two months ago and you telling that story about like divine abundance that comes through. Um, my fiance on the beginning of December, December 6, he got a, he's healthy 31 year old, his lung spontaneously collapsed and he we're in Canada. He's Australian. He didn't have health insurance and he he's okay for just for everyone. He is thank goodness. Um, but we didn't know what it was at the time. It was almost like he was having a heart attack. And so I took him to the hospital and both of us are really nervous because he doesn't we have savings and you know you're just come from the mindset you're like I don't care I trust the universe I'm gonna make it work right he couldn't breathe he needs to go to the hospital so we we get him into the hospital they tell us that his lung collapsed it's all fixable and it's actually not that uncommon which is pretty crazy and like energetically he's actually was moving through a lot of grief and the lungs are really connected with grief um but talk about like ego death that he went through and I remember in that whole he ended up being in the hospital for about a week and I was just talking to myself as I was going to and from the hospital I was like I'm just choosing that it's going to be okay I was like whatever it's going to be it's going to be okay um and we're in Canada I'm Canadian he's Australian and I was like I'm going to figure it out. There's abundance everywhere. I just trust. I just trust that I trust. And then the second day, the billing lady comes in um, and, you know, I feel for her that I would, no one would want to have her job. And we had to tell them, you know, that obviously we don't have insurance and she comes and she's chatting with us. And, you know, I, I, I she's starting to show us like the prices. It's about we're in Canada. So I don't know if it's better than the States, but it's about, about $5,000 a night. Plus he got about a CT scan, like seven x-rays and all that medication and all this stuff. And then I started explaining to her, I'm Canadian. He's Australian. We have applied for his permanent residency back in July. And then she looks at me and she starts to get really excited. And she goes, Oh my goodness, you, you know, there's, I didn't even know that this existed, but she's like, there's this clause that if you apply for permanent residency, then at a certain point, your insurance is covered like completely. And I just started crying, like bawling. And we got a letter at the beginning. Oh my God, it's 1222 when I'm saying this. We got a letter at the beginning of January telling us that his health insurance to make it completely free because we're in Canada, thank God, started on December 1st. And he went into the hospital on December 6th, right? Like, like it's just that stuff, you know, in times like that, like divine guidance, miracle, you can't even like it just I was crying, like just so grateful, you know, to be in, I don't, I don't actually don't even know what it ends up costing because they just sent it straight to the medical services people, but situations like that, I think we always have opportunities to go down two tunnels, like, holy crap, this is the end of my life. And then we go into the contraction, you contract the field and basically cut off all possibilities, or you just go, fuck it. We're going to figure it out. I trust. Right. And then it's, incredible what comes through like I don't even know what could have happened if if maybe if I had a different perspective maybe there would have been a different outcome maybe that lady would have never told us that and we would have just got the bill you know but there's miracles that can happen every day and the crazy thing is if we spoke the time that we were meant to speak about two months ago that wouldn't have happened we wouldn't have this similar story right both of us are freaking out <laughs>
Like yeah. I said before we hit record, I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as coincidence. There's nothing but confirmation. There's nothing yeah. but um, and harmony. It's a beautiful thing um, to witness that. So although on one side, I'm like, holy crap, that's freaking amazing. On the other side, I'm also like, of course that happened. Yeah, of right? Course. Of course. Welcome to the new normal. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the old normal if you really think about it, but welcome to the new normal of nothing but layers upon layers of confirmation. And that's another thing, um, Danielle, like as I think about it um, and flow with you, that the more I've journeyed with learning about my own energy, um, as well as understanding the universe around it, around me, uh, journeying with my own healing of limiting beliefs, right, or inner trauma mm-hmm. layers of that, the more that I've seen that when I ask for guidance, spirit talks all the time. And there is a constant, compassionate, clear stream of guidance coming from spirit, whether it's Holy Spirit or source or your higher self, whatever you, you know, God or whoever you're talking to, right? That's in alignment. Um, Mm. There is a constant stream of, yeah, the word I'm hearing to say is assurance. Assurance Mm. coming through multiple channels on a continuous basis to those of us who would be open um, to receive that assurance. And that's just the normal state of all like ambient life for those. If you're open to receive it, if you're open to receive it with trust, with belief or willingness, etc., you can capture it. But it, I think it's interesting, um, how we can have experiences that cut us off from being open to receiving that assurance or even train us to specifically turn it off. What, what would you mm. say? Mm. I think that, we, you know, like the conditioning that at least I grew up in and we were talking about this beforehand of it's, it really can cut off, cut us off from our power and our own belief in ourselves and our own belief in what is possible. You know, I was brought up, um, as a Catholic went to 12, 12 years of Catholic school. And there's a lot of, I think in traditional religion and I don't want to bash any religion. Cause I think there's really a lot of beauty from every single religion. However, in, from my experience and how I interpreted it, it's a lot of there's rules and restrictions and giving away your power and kind of forgetting that you have a divine connection yourself with the source and you don't need to go through a priest or a person or a church or a Bible or a book, whatever it may be to find that. Although that is some people's avenue and that is okay. And, you know, I think in my own journey over the past, you know, 12 years, it's been the unlearning and taking what feels good from religion and, 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 and relating to, you know, my parents who are still very Catholic and realizing that guardian angel spirit guides is all the same shit. (laughs) Right. But, but having it in my own way, um, 
and reconnecting to my power in being the creator as I po- as opposed to what I see, or at least what my experience was in growing up in a religious background was that we give our power away to someone outside of us and someone outside of us has the answers. And I think in the, in the world that we're living in, you know, I'm re- feeling really passionate at the moment is like giving, allowing women to reactivate their power because when we have powerful women, worthy women, we have people that speak up, people that make changes, people that decide to, you know, stand up for causes, not allow things that are not okay to happen to them. Um, that's my perspective and my rent, but I know that this is something that's really hot on your heart at the moment as well. What was your experience previous to your kind of rattling awake, I guess, or your window of opportunity? Um, what, and and like, how did your intuition and your spirituality deepen beyond that point? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was raised in a conservative Protestant Christian um, household. So my dad um, is a Baptist charismatic um, black pastor. Uh, And my mother, um, when they were together, they were really came together to raise us even like evangelical fundamentalist, like advancing at the kingdom, you know, get, making sure we're saving souls and, you know, clear of like, these people are saved, these people are damned and, you know, you got to have compassion for them and help them find Jesus kind mm-hmm. of uh, the school that I went to was, um, one of the very, very few schools you can find in the state that just does K through 12, all Protestant Christian education. So like with a lot of Catholic, like mostly Catholic schools, but it's kind of hard to find one that's like evangelical Protestant fundamentalist Christian K through 12. And that's where I went. Um, So for me, the experience of like, my education about, you know, spiritual reality or spirit, spirit was around, um, well, for one, clearly defined biblical gender roles, as well as what mm-hmm. is, um, what is godly and what is of the devil, etc. So like, um, reading cards or meditation and all types of stuff is, was seen as satanic, uh, essentially, where that's at least the narrative of mm. what taught and, you know, growing up as a kid, you just go with like what you were told, you know, mm. okay, you're supposed to be quiet when men are talking and your head is covered when you're in church. So like to, when you're in the presence of God and all this types of stuff. And at the same time, I thank God for music. Mm because there was something that would come over me every time I would sing that was it had its own presence and in within the church they would say that was like the holy ghost or something Mm. and it every time I felt that sense of presence um, I was able to sing more fully or with more feeling or people would have what in the church they call conviction. So they will, they, you know, get teary eyed or feel the passion of the music. Um, and my fire would catch fire to others. Right. Uh, and it wasn't my fire. It was me being lit up by the presence of uh, what was termed at the time, the Holy Spirit. 
And ever since I was a little kid, I would always love to be outdoors because I could feel the presence of like love coming from trees mm -hmm. and clouds of just like a consciousness there of like loving words or like you're okay you're safe and things coming from plants or clouds like these subliminal messages of love and gentleness coming from creation around me and for me when I graduated from high school and finally went, so like my graduating class in high school was the largest we'd ever had. It was 54 people. <laughs> wow. Big honking class going from that to then Rutgers University, which is the public Ivy League State University of New Jersey to, okay, the entering class is 40,000 people. It was like a cultural, spiritual, um, philosophical poof. Yeah. My brain got blown out, blown out. Yeah. Um, being exposed to so many other cultures. And the more that I learned in college, the more I learned about how great um, the world is and how many, how you can experience the presence of Holy Spirit or um, inspiration, however you want to call that, um, mm. fills, right, or downloads, you can experience that in so many different ways. You could get it from a piece of art, you could get it from a beautiful um, hymn that someone sings, you could get it from reading a really amazing poem. There's so much more um, out there. And that's really like a turning point for me was really opening up and being exposed to different cultures um, mm. outside of the church. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I know for me, it was so powerful that like in an energetic sense, I now had greater containers for understanding, like why am I hearing loving, peaceful voices coming from trees, for example, mm. as well as clouds? Not, it wasn't until that time in my life when I was exposed to other cultures that um, for one, I have Celtic roots um, and tree spirits are sacred to Celtic peoples, right? It's an mm. ancient practice of like communicating with the wisdom uh, of ancient trees. And then um, I also then learned of another um, part like I am part Blackfoot um, Lakota Native American I had no idea that there was a practice called sky talking that specifically wow. uh, amongst First Nations peoples there's like and I was never taught this but it's part of like a cellular memory I feel very strongly mm -hmm. that you can hear the voices of your ancestors as well as your guides and spirit coming from literally the sky so mm -hmm amazing the presence of of higher consciousness how when it's really part I think of a person's life purpose and I really do feel it is part of mine that spirit will come find you like you can't escape, you can't escape. no matter how yeah. much like brainwashing you get or no matter how far you may feel disconnected the disconnection is always an illusion fundamentally disconnection is always an illusion mm. and it really is like 
at least in my process, it's like a remembering because it's like, I feel like we've all just forgotten. We've forgotten our connection. And then, you know, I, 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 maybe I've said it in another podcast, but the connection that I have to myself, to my, to spirit, to my intuition, to the universe, whatever I call it, feels more real to me than that. Like from the second I awoken, rewoken to that, I was like, this just makes so much cellular sense and everything that I was taught for 12 years, you know, and, and, and it, it just like, there was uh, no questioning around it. It's, it's just like a, a knowing. And I see that with a lot of my clients. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like the person that I call myself a, a bit of a portal because I, I, you know, people come to me as like law of attraction positive thinking, personal development. And then you kind of realize that we all are powerful beings and connection can have our own connection to spirit, God, goddess, whatever that may be. And really, in igniting our own power within us. And I think, like I was saying, it's so important. And I would love to hear like what led you down the path of, you know, becoming like a Reiki master. Was it after your, um, your experience, um, your window experience and, and, and then how as well, do you use Reiki in your life? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yes. So this is, um, it's actually began slightly before my window experience because I don't know about you, but I sometimes I need like multiple bricks over my head in order for me to really follow through with the guidance. I'm like, oh yeah, an important thing happened. Do 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 do. Let's yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh shit. So, <laughs> like, let me let me be honest. Like, I'm I'm very intelligent and I'm an idiot. Like, so with that, um, the how I got introduced to to Reiki uh, in particular was uh, at the end of actually um, after I graduated college, um, I was in this really deep relationship, like really deep relationship with a guy, and then at the end of uh, when we graduated, we parted ways in a pretty messy fashion, just like, you know, cheated on me and all kinds of really ridiculous mm -hmm. things because I didn't value myself that happened. I understand that now. And I was crushed and I have a bit of a pattern in me where I tend to give, I'll give my all, I'll even give my personality over so when when our relationship ended I didn't really know who I was or what I was mm. up to um in the world and my mom is awesome and so she's like yeah you look pretty fucked up let's go pick some apples uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to like okay and yeah. bring back from the dead sort of a thing um but this is like so where's the experience with Bob was really my um I got it finally uh that like wow there's this like energy exists uh I've never heard but like a little bit before that like so back in 2009 I remember we went apple picking my mother and I and it was on a kind of rainy day overcast and we're walking side by side um with these bushels of apples in our hands you know you get to try it right off the vine right after it like takes rainwater and just just the freshest most amazing feeling especially as an empath like i don't know about you but i'm an empath i'm very energy sensitive and so to get to eat like living food was literally what the doctor ordered for me after being so heartbroken 
But as we're walking with the bushels of apples in our hands, um, sometimes as you're walking on a farm, we were pretty far out, maybe about a mile and a half out. Not many people were there. Sometimes on a farm, like the grass will grow over a hole and you can't, like it grows kind of weird. It grows into the hole. And so my mom stepped and her feet, like her foot goes into the hole, clinks in um, and completely gets knocked out of place. Like it's still underneath the skin, but you could see there's like a pretty bad sprain. Her apples go flying in the air. And weirdly enough, after she falls with her foot falling into the hole, she lands in a very intentional position. Um, she landed with her hands, like she immediately put them hovering on either side of her ankle. I'm like, mm. oh my God, like, holy shit, let me go get, run and get help. And she's, um, another pivotal point in my story, she's, no, you are going to heal me. And I'm like, so I think you may be mistaken. <laughs> I'm going to go get help now. She's like, no, you're going to heal me. Do it first. <laughs> like, okay. And so just mirroring her, I put like, I just knelt down next to her, did the same thing as she was doing or whatever, whatever the fuck we're doing. Fine. Neither one of us were touching her ankle and you could see it was clearly out of place, like the purple and the blue. Uh, it was really bad. And in that moment, I had a realization. I'm like, okay, she just needs me to like say a prayer or something and let me go so I could go get help. Fine. And so I did what I'd done ever since I was a little kid. I talked to the sky because I had a very strong relationship with the sky. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to say a prayer, I'm going to say it to the sky. And so I just nonchalantly looked up and said, sky, please come down and heal my mother. And then this is what and started my journey with energy work in particular, because when I asked that, I just trusted that it was going to be helpful. I didn't know that it felt slash in my mind's eye, I could see a clear bolt went boom into the crown of my head, down my spine, out of my arms, out of my palms, down through her ankle, out of the sole of her foot into the earth, like that fast all of that like the vision the feeling and the movement happened at the same time and we were watching her ankle and it said click click neither one of us were touching her but coincidentally the same time that I feel this intense like movement of energy her ankle sets itself without either one of us touching and the swelling started going down I'm freaking out with this, and then there was this feeling of almost like an energy hand came into my stomach and grabbed it with the knowing of your mother is healed. Like, and it shook my stomach saying she's healed very intensely. And I'm like, uh, and I almost started getting nauseous. I'm like, you're, you're fine. Get up. You're fine. Get up. You're fine. Get up. And she's looking at me like I have three heads, like, and I'm like, this is what you asked for get up. <laughs> and I had this sense of urgency of like, if we don't move now, there's like, we're going to miss the bus or something. Yeah. And so we left our apples and I had this overwhelming gut feeling, right? This intense intensity in my stomach of like any anxiety, any fear that you have is just an illusion. Her body is whole and complete. 
And so slowly we started walking towards the front of the, uh, the apple orchard. And like, I finally, we were able to get to like a bench was only at the freaking front. So I sat her down and I'm like, I'm going to go ask for help. And she's like, no, go get the apples. I'm fine. I'm like, sure. She's like, yeah, no, go get them. So I run all the way back, come back with both bushels. And she's like up talking to people. She's like, I paid, let's leave. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? That was her driving foot. I'm like, what are you, did you call the ambulance? She's like, no, I'm fine. I feel amazing. I feel amazing. She went to the doctor later that week, but like, it's as if they're, I don't know why you're here. And then the one that rode home from that experience, she said, uh, so I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but I think you should study Reiki because that's what I was doing when I fell. But whatever you were doing, I don't know what that was, but I think you should study Reiki own that. And I can't say like, I've been setting broken bones ever since. Hell no. But that was like the powerful experience to say, this is very real. And the, mm-hmm. I, my mother's um, Reiki sensei, and then I studied with her teacher. Um, and I've studied with other teachers over time, but like the more that I've learned about Reiki, the more that I realized that this is not just something that can happen randomly, but you can really control your react your relationship with energy but that was the experience that really woke me up to holy crap I am going to be passionate about Reiki or energy work in general because that wasn't like I don't know what the hell I was doing it was just trust but I'm going to be passionate about that for the rest of my life like I'll continue to study Reiki till the day I die because it's just something I'm passionate about but it was that experience that like opened my eyes talk about a universal sign. Like, sounds like you've had quite a few. That's like so powerful. My goodness. Um, and I, I, uh, got my Reiki one and I'm just about finished most of my Reiki two. Um, and it's been super, like really, really beautiful in my life from, from my own teacher. But for those of people that may not, I, I think, honestly, I think everyone should go do Reiki because I think it's amazing. But even if you don't, aren't attuned to Reiki, like you can still use your energy in life. Right. And how do you teach people how to do that? Cause I've heard you speak about it a little bit here and there. Oh, for sure. Especially if you're an empath, you must learn mm-hmm. manage your energy. It's not like, Oh, that'd be really cute. Nah, bruh. <laughs> you must. It's like an absolute. Yeah. Must. Uh, just learn if you are going to be in the cockpit learn to fly the plane just like god gave you the entire airplane learn how to use it learn all of the controls Mm -hmm. so um how i introduce people uh to their energy rather than being like okay like going through like a formal reiki practice because like i uh, how i had it was just like it just intuitively was part of my life Mm. um and as a side note I've also met a lot of people who they've been in the same boat where energy has intuitively been part of your life but maybe it went a little too strong or scared the shit out of you or something weird happened then you shut down Mm. um so for me I highly recommend and everyone listening in you can do this uh with us right now is to awaken the energy centers in your hands your hands are healers 
I kind of want you to imagine that your hands are almost like um, faucets of water or shower heads that energy can flow out of. And one way that you wake them up first is by rubbing them together very vigorously. If you were almost going to start a fire with your hands, like really, 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 really rubbing them, this wakes up circulation and energy goes wherever your blood flows. So waking that up and then separating your hands by about like maybe one to three centimeters, right? Or if you're in the States, like one to two inches. So between your hands, because you've been rubbing them together, you should feel tingliness. Do you feel it, Danielle? Yeah. Yeah. And so everyone feeling that tingliness, what I want you to do is using the power of your imagination, see and feel a rubber band around the outside of your hands and try to pull them apart, seeing that rubber band. There should increase then a magnetism between Mm -hmm. the palms of your hands as you try to pull them apart, seeing that rubber band. So the magnetism is between your palms, not around the outside as you imagine that. Similarly, Then imagine that there's like a little balloon between the palms of your hands after you pull them apart with the rubber band. So imagine there's a little balloon and try to press on the balloon. It should intensify the resistance between the two of your hands. Do you feel that, Danielle? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's like I have a little, yeah, like the balloon bouncing in between my hands. Exactly. So rubber band, balloon, rubber band, balloon, relax your shoulders, breathe. Remember, people breathe. Um, And the more that you awaken that, this is awakening your relationship with the flow of healing energy through your hands naturally. So it sensitizes it. And even you can, mm, one of my masters calls this making an energy ball, um, which, you know, makes sense. So if you want to visualize, or you may even intuitively in your mind's eye, see that there's like a color to it or a shape or Maybe it's solid, maybe it's more plasma-like or water-like. Everyone's is different, but becoming aware of your energy. And as you inhale, inhale more light. So maybe if you want to inhale more light from the sun, drink the sun in and put it into the energy ball, rubber band balloon it a bit. Or if you want to, as you inhale, inhale more light up from Mother Earth, inhaling that into the energy ball rubber band balloon it, keep making it more defined or inhale more light of like love, just imagining love going into the energy ball, rubber band ballooning it. And simply for the, um, for this exercise, (laughs) I invite you to be selfish and whenever you're ready, direct the energy ball towards you and put it wherever you're guided to. And if your energy ball is a little dense, just breathe and inhale it in. Noticing if your hands feel tingly, warm, pulsating, vibrating, electrical, Everyone has a slightly different experience um, with this, but this is like energy balancing 101. So this like giving yourself the gift of ambient natural energy, that's what we just did right there. But to introduce somebody, there's, I can talk theory till the cows come home, but Mm -hmm. there's 
nothing compared to somatic wisdom, which is the felt experience of knowing. Mm. I mean, how I understand energy is the more I study electrical engineering, you know, like circuitry and stuff, the more I understand the spiritual body. Mm. But for how I really came to really connect to energy work was by stuff like that, where I could feel that this is really present. Does that make Mm. sense? hundred percent. Yeah. And I find that when we start to like people get energy, I think more than we give people credit for, because, you know, they're like, Oh, I didn't like their vibe or like that has a weird energy in that place or this street or that store, or that person or whatever it is. And it's just allowing people to relate it into a, I guess, in a more, yeah, like somatic sense of, of being able to understand, um, how to kind of use it in their favor. And I know that you said being an empath, and I think there's so many people that listen to this that are so empathic. Like, how do you protect your energy being an empath in the world that we are living in currently? Oh my goddess, such a good question. <laughs> like, um, for me, the people who come, like, like clients uh, who come to see me, clients and students, they're empathic and it's getting in the way. Like it's a way of them being able to like to have healthy, happy relationships or yeah. get their ability to focus at work or getting in the way of them um, being able to freaking sleep at night or just have a healthy body. Like the empathic sense really, wow. Um, and that was actually why I wrote my book, um, Natural Intuition Now or like, so just so you can see, I guys, you guys on the screen can't, um, on the podcast can't see it, but it's natural intuition. Now uplevel your life by awakening your innate spiritual senses. And so mm-hmm. it, in that book, like my spirit guides guide me to channel exactly how to, there's a higher level of protection for the empath. And that is to ground exactly how to ground and clear your energy, because what can happen is that as an empath, um, you know, and we run in empath circles, uh, you hear a lot about like psychic self-defense and protection and protection and protection. But what can happen is we could go into overprotection where you're not only shielding from the crap, but you're also shielding out the good where the mm. you're trust and move and interact with the world in a conscious way um, becomes more resistance and fear-based. So I just wanted to like um, really connect the conversation around grounding what, uh, one's energy as opposed to protecting um, mm. one's from this world. And the way that you can really protect yourself is to learn how to move with it. The same way that, um, have you ever heard of like a lightning rod? You know, like the rods that they put on top of buildings for yeah. for light. Yeah. So it's one thing for a house to get struck by lightning and pow, you know, like the, um, it'll pop the light bulbs in the house. I've been in a house when it happens, it's really scary, but it can overload the electrical grid. That sudden mm. surge of energy right? And for those of us who know anything about meteorology, we know that there are two forms of lightning, positive and negative lightning. Positive lightning Mm -hmm. comes from the top of a thunder cloud. Negative lightning comes from the bottom. 
And positive lightning is 20 times or more powerful than negative lightning. So lightning is lightning though. It's going to bust your bulbs either way. So like really awesome stuff. Like what is the positive lightning in our lives of like, wow, someone hitting the lottery or wow, falling in love or wow, getting a new job or wow, discovering you have like a different energy sense or something, something really positive happens that kind of opens stuff or wow, you're pregnant. Like a positive lightning can still bust your bulbs because it's like, holy shit, a baby's coming. Ah, right. Or, oh my God, I'm in love with this person. I don't have time for that. Like, like busting bulbs is not good. The same way that negative lightning can hit us where bad stuff of like, oh man, someone died or, Ooh, I lost my job or, ugh, global pandemic or like all of the, all the negative lightning trials, tribulations, and traumas can hit us that also bust your bulbs. Um, where bulbs being like our ideas and dreams just bursting because, okay, so I'm going to like, I am in love with this person and they die. Wow. Like how, what do you do with that? Do you protect against someone dying? Do you protect against hitting the lottery or, or having a spiritual awakening? No, you want to learn how to ground. And in electrical engineering, we understand the ground is our relationship with neutral. You can have as much positive and as much negative going on at the same time as possible. It's fine. As long as there is a powerful ground. And what is, what is a ground? It's literally a wire that's woven through the house that sticks into the dirt, the ground, the actual earth. Mm -hmm. So this is a connection to our neutral. The most powerful ground for a human being is a regular meditation practice. It's straight up Mm -hmm. hygiene, being able to practice being in a state of neutrality, meditation being um, the felt sense of relaxed focus. Ooh, I can be focused and relaxed and just I'm not over overjoyed I'm not overwhelmed I'm just here I'm just present right Mm. having a regular meditation practice like one that is so ingrained like brushing one's teeth hopefully uh, is like ingrained the more that you have the ability to move energy through you so that as an empath, you don't need to worry about being an emotional sponge because you're never holding on to all of the stuff that you absorb the same way the house with the lightning rod is not holding on to the extreme excess charge of being hit by lightning. Instead, it just goosh, like goes around the outside and goes into the earth where it belongs and can be repolarized. So that's mm. what I would say for empaths, especially learning to be with your gift in a conscious way rather than seeing your feelings as dangerous and therefore Mm -hmm. stuffing them maybe with food or with drinks or smoking or work, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Workaholic rather than stuffing down the intuitions that you're getting. It's important to be conscious in relationship to your empathic gifts, because once you have a relationship, a conscious relationship with them that is grounded, 
right, as we're saying, understanding electrical engineering, the more you're able to enjoy. And okay, if someone dies, then you can allow the grief to go through and let the grief be medicine and an expression mm -hmm. of love and wisdom, uh, right? Or as, as you hit your next level, right, in business, right? you're able to allow that to move through you. So the next level is something that is exciting and is not held up by the previous level because I see that mm -hmm. a lot. So mm -hmm. that would be my advice to the empath is understand grounding and how to have that as regular meditation practice. Yeah. Mm, that's really helpful. I think for so many people, because I've just, you can see in times like this where, I believe it. it's like, we're, I feel like we're always walking a line, right? And you can choose to see all the darkness in the world. Or you can choose to see all the light. And I have to keep turning my head to see the light. Um, but in that as well, uh, you know, I think with empath is also realizing that we're not the saviors of everything, you know, we're the saviors of ourselves, right? You know, because I think that when I was in the place of I have to personally save every person, oh my God, you're going to be so energetically drained. And you all honestly can't do as much because, you know, it, it doesn't actually serve that person because what serves the person is like helping them find their own personal power and their own igniting themselves in that energy. And they get ignited by someone else being ignited. Like, you know, the light bulbs are, are um, contagious, but it, that's really helps me in my, you know, it, with all of my empath, empathicness as well, because it can be a lot sometimes, but at the same time, we also have control over our world, which is, and then the world that we see is like reflection of that. But I think for me, like, you know, having meditation practices, like it's, it, it's like a must, <laughs> like I can feel myself like getting moody if I don't do it. Even if it's like some days I maybe just do, I'll just sit down for like five minutes and just breathe. But it still is like that neutrality. I think you explained that really, really well with the lightning, which I, which I love. And thank you so much, Victoria. One of the things I want to ask you about that I know you're really passionate about and you guys can't see, but um, Victoria is wearing a hat that says hashtag visionary. What is the visionary um, movement that you're you're leading and that you're passionate about at oh this time? Gosh, yes. And this actually dovetails perfectly with our conversation around being an empath because so what it means to be visionary, there's masculine and feminine energy to that. And I'll get to that in a second, but this is where we're going once you are an empath and you've decided to be a leader or an entrepreneur. So you're an empath that's oriented to service, right? And serving mm -hmm. other, transformation for others in some way, shape and form. Like this is the next level of development and finding a word for that as well as sharing this idea and an image is really the movement and the mission um, that I've been called to now. And so with that, as an empath, we have a unique gift in that we are able to really pick up on things that have been left unsaid. We just absorb it. Um, mm -hmm. Now, left unmanaged that can be you know like a handicap essentially where uh, my god you feel like gosh you're absorbing everything um why is everyone so painful <laughs> to be around why is this yeah. world so hard 
um, like it can left unmanaged, right? If you don't know how to manage that, it can be a handicap that's really annoying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas when we come to understand that instead of it being a handicap, this is actually in the right hands and with the right training, a freaking superpower. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because to pick up on what's been left unsaid is you are effectively a master communicator at an energetic level. So you're able to bring, just like we were saying, how um, your commitment to bringing um, BIPOC, LGBTQ, like leaders and things to, to the table, right, on your podcast, that ability to sense the importance of the other marginalized voices is extremely healing and very much needed. And that's the superpower that comes from being a master communicator, the empath. And so when the empath really has that grounded relationship with being empathic, I firmly believe is when we shift into becoming visionaries. And so a visionary is a person who is able to see a way forward where others are unable to. So in the feminine sense, the visionary gets intuitive hits, right? Ideas, insights, downloads, chills, gut sensation coming from spirit saying, this is the way forward, or this is what's important, or reach out to this person, right? Or talk about this, bring this topic to the table, blah, blah, blah. Like the feminine really opens us up in a visionary sense to seeing a way forward and seeing what's mm-hmm. left us. Um, the masculine sense of being the visionary, however, is being the inspiration, the visible inspiration at an organizational level. What does that mean? That means becoming the delegator. So not only do I see the way forward and what spirit is saying needs to happen, who needs to be brought to the table, but then on the masculine half, so that's the feminine half, but the masculine half then reaches out with positive influence and makes sure that that happens. Doesn't mean that in the masculine as a visionary, I'm going to be the implementer, but instead I'm going to be the vision that inspires people to do what spirit is calling in. So Mm. two aspects, there's seeing the vision as well as communicating the vision. And when you do both, when you see it, right, you see all of the psychic downloads and intuitive visions, the truth of spiritual reality, as well as you speak it, meaning like what we're doing here, you share the messages, you have the courage to channel and let it out and to let others know what the truth is, right? The more that you marry the two, this is what I call being visionary. And that is the title of our movement, the Be Visionary Movement, where I'm not only as a Reiki master and as an empath, I'm not only going to like do meditation because it's cool and makes me feel better, which is its own revolution. That's awesome. And like, hello, a woman, a woman of color, a queer woman of color feeling good. Fuck yes. Like that is (laughs) in and of itself. And should I choose to take that 
healing journey and share and decide to bring people together as well as bring a team together at an organizational level, bring communities together at an organizational level of introducing them, how they can do the same. I'm not just an empath. I'm not just a spiritual seeker. I'm a visionary, right? Because that mm-hmm. means I am being the vision that I see in the world. I'm helping others also to be the vision or as Gandhi would say, be the change that we wish to see in the world. So the Be Visionary movement is all about helping our soulful sisters and brothers in business really connect to their empathic sense in an empowered way that opens up your throat chakra and gets you out and visible in being conscious, like come out from the cave, come out of the ivory tower. We need more visionaries here guiding, especially now in the post-pandemic, like COVID paradigm type of world. So many people are wakening up from their soul sleep and they need to know like, okay, what the heck do I do with all this? Well, wouldn't it be great if there were healers who were finally visible and out of the closet, so to, mm. men, so to speak, out of the closet, helping people um, be with that in a conscious way. So that's what the Be Visionary movement is, people who are committed to not only their own spiritual development and as well as um, having an integrated empathic sense, but also doing that outwardly, visibly on an organizational mobilizing level. Mm, I love that integration of the feminine and the masculine, because sometimes we can see like, like too much of one side or too much of the other, you know, and I think sometimes in this, I I feel like it's really shifting, but in the spiritual realm, you know, we have the healers, we have the psychics, we have mediums, we have all these beautiful people, but like you said, they're not, they're not allowing themselves to be visible, right? Or they're, they need to bring in more of that masculine, like communicate, put yourself out there. But then the other side, we're really, I feel like healing as a society, the hustle culture, because people's nervous systems can't fucking handle it anymore. And so it's like really amalgamating the two of those, I think is where it, I, I hope to continue to see the power of our future generation stepping into. And I really love how you explain that. And I know that like listening to this podcast, there's lots of like visionaries who are realizing that they're visionaries, right? Because I think sometimes people don't realize that or they don't allow themselves to be that, right? And it's like allowing yourself to be the light, allowing yourself to dream big, allowing yourself to have the vision because yeah, you can fucking change the world, but you, you need to decide first, you know, you need to take that action. Yeah. It's been such a beautiful conversation with you, Victoria. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up for today? Oh my gosh. I, I desire to share gratitude and celebration for the space that you hold, Danielle, for your story, for your heart, for your energy. I desire to express gratitude on behalf of the listeners. Um, Like in spirit, my soul flies to the listeners and I can feel their love and appreciation for you that you're sharing this powerful, powerful, joyful and positive wisdom and energy with them. And I just want like my my one desire is to really just sink into a state of deep gratitude that we are born into a time where we get to be together on this journey, um, ministering in this way. And I'm so grateful that we're not being burnt at the stake this time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
phones. But it, and we're not like having to be born into ridiculous wealth so that we could have like be able to get our word out. All we need to do is just like lift this box up to our face, like this, mm-hmm. this box up to our face and boom, we're able to reach millions. Like I just, um, if there's anything final I desire to wish to express is the extreme gratitude to you um, for just creating a container for healing here on your podcast, as well as ex- expressing deep gratitude uh, to my guides, to the Holy Spirit, to source for incarnating us now during this time. Mm-hmm. I choose to be grateful. I choose um, to celebrate the time that we are alive rather than bemoan it or say like, mm-hmm. oh, any time to be alive. No, this is a magical, fast moving, high vibrational, open, brilliant, powerful and conscious time to be alive. And I just if, if there's anything I get to do finally is just to say thank you on my tombstone put the word thank you that's literally all I want <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's that's so beautiful I think sometimes think of like from a, a, a comical sense like you know our souls being like hey you're gonna calm down like during the great awakening you're not gonna be burnt the stakes anymore it's gonna be awesome and then like we <laughs> Then we're here on our computers with our like social media and our memes and our reels. And and we're like, really, this is how we get out there. (laughs) And our souls are like, wait, what? I thought I was going to be in the room. Like, you know, you are, but you're using the internet. (laughs) I think it's just a little bit, it's beautiful and it's comical. I'm so grateful because, and I wouldn't have found, we probably would have never met if it wasn't for this avenue. You know what I mean? And it's just such a beautiful way to meet incredible humans around the world. And I'm constantly inspired by doing this podcast and speaking with guests of like, I continue to choose. I think it's a choice to see that there's so many good humans in the world. So many freaking good humans. Like even like I was watching Queer Eye last night. Like if that, that show in and of itself, right? It's like, there's good humans helping good humans. And that's what I continue to see. So for all of you listening, if you're wanting to connect with Victoria, um, you can go and get her book, Natural Intuition. Now, when can, where can they get that and where they can they connect with you? Yeah, so you can find the book easily on Amazon. Two-day Prime awesome. ship supporting Amazon. If you're like, oh, I hate Amazon, then send an email. <laughs> email to team at victoriawhitfield.com. We'll get you uh, exactly where you can go to order it straight from us. But uh, most people are still vibing with Amazon Prime, and that's okay. Right? Um, so if you're going to buy, make a conscious buy at Amazon Prime. Um, and so... There's that. Also, um, for podcast listeners, I would recommend you go to victoriawhitfield.com forward slash podcast. And that's where all the goodies are, victoriawhitfield.com forward slash podcast, especially my um, textable goodie, if you want to whip out your cell phone, of my um, clarity guide for people who want to unlock their inner visionary and really use that inner empathic sense um, to guide their lives and their businesses. Um, And for international users, I believe um, when you go to victoriawhitfield.com forward slash podcast, we have the long code of where to text it. But for people who are in US and Canada, you can text the word ready to 411321. 
um, and that gives you the ability to download it. But if you aren't able to get it from that short code, when you go to victoriawhitfield.com forward slash podcast, we have the long code and it's available via WhatsApp. So head there awesome. for all loves. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And all of those, that information will be in the show notes below. And I just want to deeply thank you for giving us your time here today, Victoria, and your wisdom and your stories. I was deeply engaged. And I know that this has definitely come out at the exact right time for everyone that is listening. Please connect with Victoria. If you have listened to the podcast, tag us, let us know how it has impacted you or uplifted you in your day. And thank you, beautiful universe, for connecting us. <laughs> Have a good day, everyone. Welcome to the other side, beautiful souls. I so deeply appreciate you spending this time with me. My intention with this podcast is to uplift, love on, and inspire you and align my actions with this intention. But as with everything in the world of personal and spiritual development, take what feels good for you and leave the rest. As a white, able-bodied cisgender woman, the perspectives I share here are inherently affected by my privileges. I'm actively invested in learning how to elevate and support lived experiences beyond my own, and I'm always open to and grateful for your feedback. I am listening. No matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, I see you, I love you, and you matter. So thank you for listening, beautiful souls, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>